This is Mission Qualphone, a monthly podcast that takes you inside the workings of our company, but not just the ins and outs of business. We look at the ideas and insights that make Qualphone truly unique. As a company, we are committed to being the best and making each person's life better. Join us as we get to know and learn from people from across the organization. What's their story? What have they learned? And how do they live out Qualphone's mission? Welcome to Mission Qualphone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Mission Qualphone podcast. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, Marisol. We're back. We're back for another episode. I got a lot of really good feedback about our last episode with Heidi Priest. I did as well. And you get full credit for that. Well, that well, thank your you. <laughs> suggestions. Yes, I got I got some feedback too. It was uh it it seemed to the total vocation conversation seemed to resonate with uh, some of our peers across mm-hmm. the company. So I thought that was that was interesting. <laughs> it made me feel like, oh, it's not just me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's it was it was great. And it's it's lovely to know that you could you know, potentially have multiple vocations in a lifetime. It's, you know, I think, again, sometimes we get caught up in this idea that it might just, you know, for some people it is this one very clear, this is what, you know, they're here to do mm-hmm. on earth. And for other people, I think it's an ebb and a flow and and figuring it out. And, and I think... I think what we've learned is that there's a lot of people trying to figure it out, which is, it's nice to know. Yeah. And, and it's, it's sometimes a surprise, you know, it's been a recurring theme. It's come up on several episodes, how people have, have come to work in this industry just because they needed a job and they weren't planning to make this a career, but here they are years and years and years later doing something that they love doing that they never knew they might find their vocation or or come close to finding their total vocation in this industry at this company and and that was uh again kind of what we heard from Heidi I thought that was mm-hmm. fun and or if you don't still know what your total vocation is and you're trying to figure it out this is a great company to work for while you figure it out and they provide so many tools and education and opportunities for you to try to figure it out. So, oops, that's me. <laughs> that's great. No, that's, and that's exactly what I wanted to say, you know, at the risk of sounding like a commercial for Qualphone, right? But that's such a large part of our mission, helping people pursue their total vocation. And in Heidi's situation, she was in her fifties. Right. She was in her 50s and had done something completely different. And then she finds herself here and is doing something else now that she loves to do, which was mm-hmm. wonderful. So we've been challenged before with what we think are going to be. How are we going to make this interesting topics? Right. And right. we do it. <laughs> so, we do. Challenge accepted. And, I and- think. I don't mean to be projecting this on everyone else, but at least to me, woohoo, compliance. You know, that's not usually something I get excited about. However, <laughs> this is a great interview we have with a great person. And I think even if you're like me and aren't excited when you hear compliance, this is a great conversation and you'll want to listen for sure. Yeah, give it a listen. And as always, thank you for checking us out at Mission Qualphone Podcast. And on this episode, we have 
Danny Williams, who is our manager of compliance. Welcome, Danny. Hi, Danny. Thank you. Excited to be here. Thank you for saying that. We we appreciate it. We were having a little pre-production call before we started recording because, Danny, uh, we were mentioning that Jeremy and I had not met you in in person yet. We we haven't met in person, so we were having a little pre-production call. And as soon as you mentioned, did you say thirty-two or thirty-eight? This is th- my thirty-eighth year here. Thirty-eighth year. Wow. I was like, Jeremy, hit record. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot to get to. So I'm going to start with the first question. Thirty-eight years. Could you tell us your story? How How did you end up at Qualcomm? I originally started out because I came through the legacy dialogue direct side. But when I came here, I moved here from New Mexico and I needed a summer job after college. And I had a cousin who worked for American Airlines and he says, hey, they have this department that's hiring. So I hired into our telemarketing department of American Airlines 38 years ago as an agent on the phones. Mm hmm. We need that sound, Jeremy. I know we need us. We have a sound effect we we like to play when everyone when anyone says they started as an agent, Danny. So that is awesome. Thirty eight years ago, as an agent. Now I don't want to you know I don't want to date this too much, but that was like pre internet. Well, when we were talking about stories, right? I will tell you that when I started on the phones back then, we were on paper and pencil for some <laughs> of our projects. So yeah, I've seen a lot of changes in the company over the years. You know, there are there are the majority of our agents. Again, you're I'm, I'd still bet you're younger than me, Danny. But there are the majority of our agents that are younger than your career here. So, <laughs> but it's it's funny story because one of the things is as being part of compliance, I used to go into the new hire classrooms. So when I first started here, I was one of the youngest members in management. Mm. Um, I was part of our very first management understudy program, and there was 12 of us. And so I was like the baby of the group, right? And then it got to where I would go into classrooms and I'd introduce compliance and what we were looking for. And I would tell them how long I had been here and I could just see this looks on their faces. And it's like, <laughs> okay, I understand it's a lifetime for you, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of times I go in and they just look at me and it's like, yes, I know I started here before you were born. I don't need you to remind me of that. <laughs> we're okay. I've been... Very fortunate because the group that I started with, it was a very interesting group because we started off like an afterthought within American Airlines, which was a huge company, right? And so, I mean, we had desks next to the Coke machine and under the stairs because they were just trying to use up their off-hours equipment, you know? Mm -hmm. They had it sitting there, so let's do something productive with it. So we were a very stubborn, very dedicated group of people, and it was like we just really wanted to see ourselves succeed. So I'm really excited because here I am 38 years later, and we have, and we've grown into something more. So what was the transition? You started as an agent. You're in compliance now. So give us kind of a thumbnail sketch of the track, the course your career took to where you wound up in compliance, doing what you do today? Like I said, I had started out as our 
in our first management understudy program, which was basically our management training program. And as part of that, I got to work as in workforce or work schedule. And I will tell you, our system back then was a three-wing black binder, mm. notebook paper, graph paper, <laughs> a pencil, a ruler, and a calculator, that's right? All you, that's all you needed. And a clipboard. Yeah. A clipboard, right? There was a clipboard in there. <laughs> so we started out with that. I was also in training for a while. I helped out in HR for a while. The program just sent us through several departments. Then I went on to stay into our operational support side, which back then included loading magnetic tapes, scheduling our outbound workload, that type of thing. I was a team lead for a while. I helped launch our first work schedule software that we had within our company. Mm-hmm. So I just did a little bit of everything. And then I was our executive assistant for a while, about the time that we had several healthcare clients And healthcare and CMS was really pushing compliance programs Mm -hmm. and that if you wanted to work with anything that had a contract with CMS, you had to have a compliance officer or somebody that filled that role. And since I sat right out of our executive's office and they go, you know, you've done a little bit of everything. How about you do this? I said, (laughs) sure, why not? Can I just pause right there? I wanted to interrupt because... When you were telling your story, it just reminded me so much of the of previous guests have said about this industry and about this business, how you know, there's so many opportunities that you don't even know can come your way when you enter the doors of a, a call center. And it, I think that was a, a, a wonderful example of, you know, if you're, you're doing everything you can and, and you're showing up and you're doing your job and you're resourceful, those opportunities will come. You will find a role within the the business. You know, I think that's one of the things I joke about it because originally I had started with this company as just a summer job, right? Fresh out of college. I needed to look for a real job and all of that, but you need spending money in between those times. So I had started here just for that and fell in love with both the company and what I was able to do. So I have been here for 38 years now. Wow. So when you think back, and and this is going to kind of be a a refresher because this has come about in several of our conversations with folks that were part of Legacy Dialogue Direct. Uh, So I'm just sharing this, Marisol, just with listeners for some context. Dialogue Direct became part of the Qualphone family in, was it 2017, 2018, somewhere around there. I, I might not, mm-hmm. I might be wrong on my dates. But I want to say 2017. I don't know when we I, I legally. Think, yeah, I think yeah. it was probably 2017. And we've talked about this before. And that is that when we acquire a company, one of the things that we really look for is a cultural fit, right? So Dialogue Direct already had this culture that really aligned very much with what we do at Qualphone. And that's why, you know, Dialogue Direct became part of the Qualphone family. So my question for you, Danny, is over this 38 years, I mean, when you started, that was pre-even Dialogue Direct, right, in your organization. What has yes, been what has been the consistent thread through that 38 years as you've been called different things, <laughs> you know, as as you've transitioned into these different roles? What's the consistent theme been throughout your 38 years? 
it's one of these things that sounds very salesy and that type of thing, but it's the family atmosphere. Mm. Um, I have worked with people for several years. You know, we all kind of grew up together. We had kids around the same time. We've all gotten a little grayer around the same time. (laughs) But it's always been there that, you know, there's this core group of people that no matter what, you know, you can rely on, whether it's personal or whether it's business because you can go, hey, I've got to get this done. I'm down to this type of a timeline. They're like, sure, how can we help? Mm. And I have really loved that about the company. And I still see it through the transition when we were purchased by Qualphone and joined the Qualphone family. It's there as well as all the companies I've been in previously without ever leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the nature of this business. <laughs> so. I always ask this of, of people that have been acquired in the acquisition process. Do you remember that first moment when you heard the word mission? Because I've been talking to a few people about our mission. And we call the podcast Mission Qualcomm Podcast. And we use this word mission a lot. And um, I was kind of trying to explain to the person that externally, it's really, it, it, I have to have a podcast to try to explain our mission. So what was that like, that first introduction to the idea of a mission for Qualphone? I really thought that it hit home for what we do. Let's be honest, when you're in the BPO industry, especially where I came from was mostly telemarketing, people do not always look at that in the most positive light. But if you look at the information that our agents have to have and the systems that they have to be able to navigate, they're amazing people. And so for us to be able to say, hey, look at this, they're important, and we want to make them even better, just really hit home for me. I get a little defensive of my telemarketing past because I personally think it offers a lot of opportunities. It opens doors, and it's not as easy as everybody thinks it is. Oh, I'm the same way. You don't want me at a dinner party when anyone shares their opinions. Yeah. <laughs> right there with you. <laughs> I have I have shut down dinner parties with my customer service uh, speech. I always, <laughs> it's funny because I just had this conversation with my son who is, he will be graduating college at the end of this year. And we were talking about his future and and he has had no interest, even though his father and I both have worked this industry our whole careers. So my son has always had this, uh, like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, he, he didn't want to work for the company. He didn't want to work on the phones. He had a very, he had a very strong opinion on it. And just now, just as he's getting ready to graduate, you know, graduate, he's had these like experiences in customer service. And he, we just had this really long conversation about what's the word I'm looking for? Like the perception people have of the industry mm-hmm. versus if they really truly understand all the interactions that occur mm. on the phone now in chat and all the other ways. And, you know, that's why I think I, I love the mission because it's the first time working in this industry that it gave me something not to be proud of, because I don't want to sound like I wasn't proud of, but like to defend or not mm-hmm. to defend. But you know what I'm saying, Danny? To, to really you, highlight you, what we do and what our people do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So so <laughs> let me let me ask Danny this. And I started, I got my first call center job in 92. So I've been in call center since 92. So I've been in it quite a while. 
And so I'm I'm going to ask you to think way back, Danny. Okay. <laughs> so so you're a brand new agent. What did you learn the most as an agent that maybe you were able to take on that helped you as you advanced in your career? Does anything spring to mind? Mostly it was the customer service and what it takes to be customer service oriented that you can use anywhere. And I've continued to use it even like now when we're working on client audits or when I'm working with other departments to get the answers for those. Those skills are still something that I use every single day. And it's interesting that you should mention that your son, both of my daughters at one time worked in the company. And Mm -hmm. that is the one thing that we still talk about today. They refer back to the customer service skills that they learned working with us as well for what they've got on to do. Yeah. And I have my oldest daughter worked for, for Qualphone as well. So I think there's, and it, and, and you know what, it comes back to what you said, Marisol, at the beginning, that if someone comes into this industry and works hard, there are tremendous opportunities. You know, there, there really are. I think all three of us, all three of us are examples of that. And I don't want to psychoanalyze my kids on my podcast, but they're they're twins. This is really interesting. And the son, he he purposely went out on his own to do his own business so he wouldn't work in in this industry, where his twin did work at at the company in the back office. And um, she still, to this day, talks about the, the value that she has gotten and the experience she she got in those teenage years working mm. there, she is such a. Uh, and basically, they both have very different attitudes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, the conversation I was having with my son was like, you know, this is an opportunity for you to work on understanding, being more empathetic, and you know, not graduating and going straight into a managerial position, not having experience being in production and having supervisors, I think is not, <laughs> not the pathway I would suggest for him. And that's basically was the gist of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I think the having a background in customer service, you know, I, I remember we talked about it with Michael Osario on his podcast. It just, you, you can stay within the industry, but you could also go out and find that you can do so many jobs. Well, you know, and the other thing, that I think people don't realize, especially in our industry, is the customer service is, it, to me, it takes that extra something because you don't have any of the visual cues that you do if you're in customer service in a store or in an office where you have that face-to-face interaction. Mm-hmm. You, Our agents and our people have to do this all based on conversation and cues with voice changes I mean, it's amazing how much they can do without actually seeing the person and to be able yeah. to help them. Right, right. Yeah. And the listening skills and uh-huh. the active listening. Yeah. Multitasking. It's just a, a wonderful background and experience, I think. You know? Yeah, for I sure. think so. We're talking about everything that the agents have to do today. And when I started way back when, we did have a client and they were one of the premier movie channels where they offered the free weekends and people would call to sign up. And we had one time where it was like the middle of the night, we needed 15 more people, but we only needed them for like 20 minutes. So rather than having more agents come in, we offered it to management. Mm. So 
a bunch of management came in and said, <laughs> yeah, we can do this. <laughs> I thought the agents were going to die laughing at us because all of us sat down at the computers, took one look at it and said, nope, hand me the backup sheets. Let me write this out. We were all handling the calls by writing it out. They were on the computers and doing all this and the phones and everything else. So it's like, nope, we need phone and a piece of paper because we can't do both. It was a generation gap. Yeah, yes. that's funny. <laughs> so, Danny, tell us maybe for someone that's outside of the industry or not familiar with this, tell us what a compliance manager does. What's your day like? What do you do as a compliance manager? A lot of what I do is I work on client audits. Uh, most all of our clients have the right to audit us at least once a year. And they will send questions. And so I get to work with all of the departments as far as coming up with our responses and getting it all packaged into something that all speaks in the same voice and sending it back out to the client. That's one. The other is, I'm sure you've heard of Speak Up. Mm -hmm. And when people call and have concerns or when they send an email, I help manage that and make sure it gets to the right people for investigation that and, type of thing. And we so do that. <laughs> can we just, I just want to jump in for context sure. here. Speak up is an internal tool that we can use that if an employee has a concern about something, they can anonymously report that concern. And, and right. so you have a function within that, that internal speak up tool also, which I was not aware yes. of. So, okay. Yes. Great. And you can, the great thing about it is we do can go through our website. You can go through email. We have phone numbers. There's lots of way to get those those concerns into us. And we look at part of it. We share part of that responsibility with the person's office. We just make sure that those concerns get looked at. And that is kind of in a nutshell what we do during the day. Great. And the best way that I can explain it in one is our job is to make sure that we do what we say we do. And there's a lot of stuff that kind of falls into that. I really like that. Make sure we do what we say we do. That's great. Producer note, <laughs> we're, we're very, very heavy on our call center. We have a division, customer engagement services, which, you know, our call center work falls under. But we also have another division called marketing services. I just want to shout out to uh, managing director, Robert Mason, I will start a whole park for marketing services one day, I promise. But my background, you know, as yours, Danny, and as yours, Jeremy, is in, in cost center. So we're a little cost center heavy on this episode, but I love it. So, <laughs> Well, the one thing I will say that I have gotten that opportunity in being with compliance is that I have gotten to know more about our marketing services because client audits come for them as well. And it's amazing what they do. I had no idea that we did so much of that direct mail and print and fulfillment. And it's been interesting. Have you been to the Highland Park facility? I have been. I've also been to the Robbinsville facility. It's hard to describe without pictures, but it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yes. Danny, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast and trusting us. I, I truly appreciate it. So Danny. With your rich, varied, and vast experience, 38 years experience, I've got to ask, what is the one piece of advice you'd give any new hire listening to this podcast? I think the one thing that really matters to me is there have 
been ups and downs throughout the career. There's been great bosses, not so great bosses. You know, we were here, we saw what happened to the company after 9-11 and how much we had to shrink down and we've been able to grow back since then. So I think the biggest thing is just stick with it. If this isn't working out for you, there's another opportunity around the corner. Hold on to this, learn from this, and then take the next step or the next turn, whichever it may be. Just don't give up. I personally, and understand, you know, a little prejudiced on this, but I can't think of a better company. I can't think of a better company that has a better look out as far as for the mission. So they're looking for their employees. They're looking at their clients. They're looking at everybody. I just can't imagine a better company to work for or to work with. Danny, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's not often that we get to talk with someone that has the experience that you have in this organization. So it was really great to hear from you. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. So, Jeremy, you said at the beginning that we're not a commercial for Qualcomm, but kind of, we actually are. I think. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Yeah. We don't run commercials. You know, sometimes I I question how do I legitimize the podcast? You know, what what are the KPIs to legitimize it? And we don't produce revenue because we don't run commercials for the listeners. And that was a choice done by our executive team. We could have been making some income from this and uh, they chose not to. So Mm -hmm. in that vein, we will use the podcast to say what a great company this is and how we hope that anyone listening would be interested in learning more about us, which they can at our website, qualphone, Q-U-A-L-F-O-N.com. And remember to all our listeners, thank you for listening. Please subscribe and let this be your reminder to be the best and make each person's life better. Bye. Bye, Jeremy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mission Qualphone. Remember, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe. And we'll see you next time on Mission Qualphone.